This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. About to catch up with John Mashoda of The Athletic as we roll into our number four of the G-Bag Nation. Zach Wolchuk alongside Brian Broaddus and the man Lucius Alexander. We got LA Live coming up in 40 minutes. Carter Freeman running your video. You can check us out on Twitch and on YouTube. The General Gavin Dawson and my radio wife, Eric Chiafalo, on assignment family holiday duty for the pair of them but right now let's welcome in to the show courtesy of the boomer jacks bar and grill hotline the one and only john Mashota. john how the hell are you sir i'm doing well gentlemen how are you we're doing well i i do wonder and i'm glad you're doing well now but how miserable was it in buffalo on sunday yeah not my favorite city to visit uh i i would say i like that they go there every once in a while because it is so different uh, a lot like green bay where you got this stadium in the middle of this, uh, basically in this suburb. So that part is, is cool. Um, but being somebody from Michigan who really doesn't want to go back to that type of weather ever again in their life, uh, there was a little PTSD, you know, a little bit of that when it's getting, when it's gray outside and it's getting dark around three o'clock in the afternoon. So, uh, I don't mind doing it for a weekend, but, uh, um, that I, if I was a player, I probably wouldn't want to be drafted, uh, by the bills. Johnny matches, uh, Okay, you hang out in that locker room and get a lot of stories, a lot of scoop. Uh, were they talking about run defense or playing run defense with some clenched teeth? Was there a lot of, hey, we weren't very good and we're going to get better at this? Or is there some legitimate concern with some of the guys you're visiting with on the side? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, coming off of losses, uh, particularly lopsided ones like that, when there's an early locker room availability like there was today, I think you know how that goes. Yeah. There's very few players that are in there. Uh, so I think that, that that speaks to it a little bit. Yep. Um, yeah, there's definitely concerns about it. There's no question. I feel like this is the third time now that we've, on the day after a game, we've had Dan Quinn stand in front of reporters and talk about how you know he was disappointed in the way the team tackled. You know, I, I felt mm-hmm. like that was the case after – uh, Arizona, and that was the case certainly after the 49ers game and now this one. And it just leaves you scratching your head because you don't understand why why does this happen with this team. Um, you know, I, it's one thing to go up to Buffalo, lose a close game that's very competitive. It's another to just play like that, like you played against the Niners. And, and this mm-hmm. is coming off of such a big win for them over Philadelphia. And it just leaves you scratching your head where you're just like, it doesn't make sense why you can perform like this. And it also tells you that, you know, if you're a fan and, and you and you want to believe, I'm not here to tell you not, not to. You should. That's what fans should do. But if you're being realistic and you see performances like that, it's hard for you to sit there and, and cover this team and think that January is going to be any different. You just kind of feel like you're, you're, you're kind of seeing, you're kind of reading the same story. It's a decent story. I mean, they've made the playoffs three years in a row. We're not talking about 
you know, some a, a bad football team. This is a good football team. But it just they show you things like they show you Sunday in, in Buffalo, and it makes you think, all right, well, we know that this is going to probably end in the divisional round on the road or in the NFC Championship game on the road. John, I'm going to ask you a terrible question. And, 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 and I know that we got games left, but is this now back to McCarthy's job security at this thing? I mean, it looked like it was going so well. And now is it back to Jerry? Well, let's, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see if we're going to be back, that kind of thing. I would say that would only be a possibility as if just the bottom completely falls out and they lose three, four games in a row and they don't even look competitive in the playoffs. Sure. I think even if they, if they, you know, cause the way I kind of see it is, you know, Miami will be a tough game. It's kind of a coin flip for me. I do think they'll beat Detroit at home because they're just, as we've seen a different team at home. And I do think they'll win at Washington at the end. And then I do think that they'll win their, their wildcard game after that. I mean, it's totally up in the air. And, and I think if that's the case again, I think that, that Jerry would stick with Mike for at least another season. I, I, it would have to completely fall apart to where you kind of see stuff like, uh, oh, let's see. Let's look around the league real quick. Uh, changing defensive coordinators in week 15, you know, panic yeah. moves like that. Sure. Uh, coaches screaming at, at star players on the sidelines uh, like we saw in the Denver-Detroit game, stuff like that. If it, if it just ends similarly as it has the last two years, I think that Jerry will look at it as, hey, this is a team that Mike has built it to where we're constantly going to the playoffs. That obviously hasn't been happening around here for a while. I think he'll look at it as another feather in Mike's cap is that they don't play back-to-back bad games. Mm -hmm. And there's not many teams that can say that in the NFL. And so because of that, and because of the fact that I don't know that there's anybody out there that Jerry would sit there today and go, we would be significantly better with that guy. Because of all of that, I, I don't think that, that Mike mm. McCarthy's job's in jeopardy. The Athletics, John Machota with us here in the G-Bag Nation. I mean, you bring up their different team at home. It is bizarre, the, the road-home splits, and, and you've covered this team for a long time. They've had some seasons where they've been really good on the road. Is there anything that you can pinpoint as to these struggles? It makes no sense at all. It makes literally zero sense because the thing I keep going back to, and this is nothing against Cowboys fans, they're obviously – it's the most passionate fans, fan base in all of sports. But it's not like when you're at AT&T Stadium, you don't get that same feeling as when you're in Seattle or New Orleans for a big game. Like, it's not that type of atmosphere where you're just like, oh, yeah, I can see all these other teams. They can't even think of coming in here. You can't even hear yourself think. It's not like that. But there is just something about how this particular team, the way it's constructed, I mean, you go back to I really look at it from the start of 2021 till now and the way they've built this thing you know, the faces being CD and Dak and, and Micah and those guys. And there's just something about those guys are just way more comfortable at home. I don't know if it's the routine that they go through for home games, just being comfortable playing indoors. I do think it's interesting how this, I believe, will be the first season where there will not be a single game at home where the doors or roof are open. Mm. Usually there's always at least one or two games where one or the other, if not both, are open. They've clearly done it to where they are an indoor team, so there's no elements. Obviously that's great for your kicker. Uh, that's great for your quarterback. You know the conditions you're going to be playing in. There's no guesswork. There's no coming out. Oh, is it going to rain? You know, you know exactly what you're getting. And I think because of that, that helps them maybe play at their best that way. I, I don't know, but I don't think they know for sure either. I think that they would love to know that answer. John, I'm going to throw out there their communication at home is clearly better than it is on the road when it's offensive football and maybe even some defensive football as well. Yeah, I, can, I mean, I can buy into that for sure. I mean, just look at how much 
this whole here we go. Exactly. And, they go, here we go, you, and, and you, everything runs just – they don't get caught in the clock. They don't get – you know, you know. I, I was talking – we had Brian Baldinger on. How many times we watched Dak just violently slam his foot in the ground trying to get the ball? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, I haven't seen Tyron Smith and Tyler Smith miss a twist block where they tried to man it. You know, I'm thinking, that, that they don't. They pass that off. Was that a communication problem? You know, are the receivers hearing everything? You know, are we worried about those things? I, to me, I think the communication on the road for them is not as clean as it is at AT&T Stadium. And that's, that's just my, my two cents. No, I think you're really on to that because I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, uh, this, is, this is the best way I can, I can sum this up. So maybe this is bad on me as a reporter, but I didn't think the communication last year was as bad as they thought the communication was. So when I wrote a story about the whole here we go, I had a member of the coaching staff tell me, you have no idea how long we worked on it to come up with that. So it was clearly a thing in the offseason that they knew the communication could get, needs to get better. Sure. And Mike McCarthy talked about it in the offseason, but he didn't. I, I never got the sense that it was like this huge deal. And so after hearing some of that and then what you're saying, that makes a ton of sense, that just those little things can throw you off now – I don't know why that factors into the poor tackling that we've seen. No, no, that, games, yeah, that, offensively, that, yeah. you're on to something for sure. Well, I've learned this. If the Cowboys don't score 30 points in a game, their defense is going to face somebody running the football. Carolina tried to run the football. Carolina got beat, what, 30 to 13? 30 to 30 to 10 or something like that. Carolina ran the ball. And I've kind of figured out, though, if you're the best run defense they have, is their offense. Keep scoring. Keep scoring because nobody's going to run the ball on you. I mean, nobody's Buffalo was committed because you weren't scoring. Buffalo wasn't going to let you give up big plays. They weren't going to give up big plays. They weren't, they weren't going to let you make big plays on them. So all of a sudden, uh, it became very it became very uh, apparent to them, we can run the ball 49 times here and still win this football game because they're not going to score. Yeah, and the thing that fascinates me about all of that is just, well, how do you fix that because there are going to be games against exactly. good teams oh, no. like San Francisco oh, yeah. that want to run it. And I don't know how you fix – I don't see you fixing that in season, but even in the off season, like you're not going out spending money mm-hmm. on any players to stop the run. You don't have money to give away. Your money is tied up in Dak and Micah. Offense. And so, so you don't have to play defense. Gonna, <laughs> right. Yeah. So because that's the thing. Like they used the first-round pick on Mozzie Smith, yeah. and that hasn't been the instant impact that probably they were hoping – so what are you doing? Are you going into next year and, and you're drafting linebackers, another defensive tackle? I don't know how they, they close that gap to where they are a good run defense. I don't know if it, it I don't know if it's possible. I think that it is one of those things where, let's be honest, a salary cap era, every team's got some weaknesses. As good as Miami looks, obviously they got some weaknesses of their own. Their offensive line is certainly not anything great. So I think that you just look at it as they gotta find ways to win despite the fact that hey we're just not going to have some of the best run defense. We have we have a great pass rush, and, and we have an offense that can score yeah. a lot of points, yeah. but we're just not going to be able to shut down teams that run the ball against us. I think that's why they went after Shaq Leonard. Sure. I think they kind of saw, like, oh, geez, we're about to play some teams that might run the football on us here or try to run the football on us. You know, that's the one thing Shaq Leonard was able to do is play a little run defense. He might not. He might. They take him off the field on third down, but I kind of felt like they were, like, trying to get ahead of the game here. Maybe they knew that that was their opportunity. They probably should have claimed him, but nobody was going to claim 
the salary. Right. Well, well John, I mean, to, to add on to that, and I know Brian asked you about McCarthy, but how much pressure for maybe the first time is Dan Quinn feeling right now? Uh, I mean, he's probably feeling a little bit, but I just think with the totality of what he's done as their D.C., I don't. I don't think that it dings his reputation very much at all. I still think he's regarded as, you know, one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. I still think you're going to hear his name, uh, regardless of how the season yeah. ends, uh, in in head coaching talks and things like that. I, I, I think he's done so much positive mm-hmm. for a franchise that the defense was such a afterthought for so many years, and to turn it around the way he did did also with obviously the help of Micah Parsons and some others, I don't think that it it'll reflect that poorly on him. Um, I think he's done a, I think he's done a, enough good uh, that it's it's so far far beyond that for this to, to to have a negative impact on his resume. Yeah, I'm with you, and I think he's doing everything he can. I mean, it's not his fault. Leighton Van Der Esch got hurt and Overshone went out. I mean, he's he's trying. He's, I mean, they're yeah, trying. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to put this thing together with the linebackers they have. How is the health of this team right now? I know that's probably going to be a storyline for both the Dolphins and the Cowboys heading into Sunday. Yeah, I would say it seems very unlikely that Jonathan Hankins is going to go. I would, I would, I would be surprised if that happened. And, and, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep Hankins out until the playoffs, just because of how important it will be to have him back. And if you lose him, you have no other answers out there. So I think they're going to be extra cautious with him. Malik Hooker was out there today when we got to watch practice. Now he was, he wasn't participating, but he was at least out there. And because of how close he was last week, I think he'll end up playing. And then Zach Martin is the other one that's kind of up in the air right now. I think I would I would lean towards Zach playing, just knowing how Zach is. Uh, it's going to be tough to get him not to play in this game as long as he can physically uh, perform. So I think that they're going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, and and honestly, they'll probably be a little bit healthier too. There was several guys dealing with some illnesses in in, in the Buffalo game, so uh, I think they'll be in a little better shape there. So uh, across the ball across the board for where they are at this point in the season, as you mentioned, obviously, the, you know, no digs or LVE or, or overshown, but they're relatively healthy with all things considered. Dak, we were talking with you last time about uh, the MVP conversation. Certainly feels like maybe that one has ended after the Buffalo game. I don't know your thoughts on that. And do you get a vote for MVP? I know Jory Epstein was talking with George Kittle for the first time. She's getting to vote for MVP. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. No, I'm just kidding. We, we, we need John Michauda to vote for MVP. John, would you rather no, vote no, no. for the Heisman or the uh, MVP? Oh, Heisman. I, just, I knew you would. You're, you love college football. <laughs> I love college football, and the Heisman it just has so much prestige yeah. to me. Like, yeah. I just, anytime I see that trophy, it's such a big deal to me. Yeah. But uh, with Dak, I, think, I, I still think Dak's in it. And, and the reason why is because the favorite right now is Purdy. And about, uh, I just checked the odds uh, last night. And I think, so Dak's second, and then there's somebody in between them, and then there's Christian McCaffrey. And it's almost like McCaffrey and, and Purdy might take votes away from each other. For Dak to win it, though, it's the same thing I've thought the entire time. They have to win the NFC East. And, of course, with Seattle winning that game, uh, it, it keeps the door open for that being possible. And, and, heck, I mean, just the changes with now Matt Patricia calling the defense. I think there's some panic going on in Philly to where if you would ask me four or five weeks ago, I was like, yeah, they're not catching the Eagles. But now you're kind of looking around like, I wouldn't be surprised if this team loses one of those games to the Giants. So um, I think Dak is still in it. It, it, The Cowboys got to win the NFC East, but if they do that, uh, he he, he still has a chance. You you think the Eagles are in that bad of shape, right? Mm. I mean, to the point where do you think they could lose twice to the Giants? 
I got some biases here, Brian, as you know, I growing know. up in Detroit and seeing the, the coaching job Matt Patricia did up there. I know. Uh, <laughs> so, so all of a sudden in week 15, the thing I keep thinking about with that is just like, can you imagine how crazy it would be around here if that was happening right now? Whether it be, sure. you know, Dan, K- Dan Quinn giving up the play yeah, calling or yeah. Mike giving it up to Brian Schottenheimer. I mean, <laughs> this would be a, a panic level, panic level 10 so for them to be doing some type of a move like that and then to lose even after you made that change, I wonder, I just wonder, I don't know for, for certain, I just wonder if there's maybe guys in the locker room there like ask for a change or something. And, and I, anytime any of that stuff starts happening, there's some unraveling that goes on there. Now their schedule is pretty favorable, sure. but I did not think that they would lose consecutive games the way that they have. Uh, to end this season, I think, it, and then also just the way that the Cowboys played against them at AT and T Stadium, they just did not look like that Eagles team that looked, you know, that we saw last year at this time. John, always love getting to catch up with you, man. Enjoy the trip to Miami. Hopefully, that's a fun one, and uh, come back with a W. Hey, John. Oh yeah, J- John. Real quick, what's college events going on Saturday? You're going to go see? <laughs> There's really nothing going on. You know, you know what's the one missing for me, Brian? Yeah, I got. I need. I need that the Cowboys be somewhere up in the Northeast. Yeah, for Army Navy. There I you go. Gotten a chance hey, to go to Army. When Navy. you go to what Army, these, yeah. When you go to Army Navy, let me know. I'll go with you. I've been to one okay, Army Navy. Gonna, yeah, look, when they, yeah, when they when that when that happens, we're going to Army Navy. I'll, I'll go list. with you. I'm absolutely within the next five years. Absolutely, the Cowboys schedule. We're going. There you go. There you go. It's a day. There you go, John Machado. Appreciate you, man. Take care. You can find all of his fantastic work I, on the athletic guy, cover in the Cowboys. He really is fantastic. He is so, he is so good. Him, Todd, Art, there's a lot of good folk that cover that that team over there. Spoiled. Those guys work super, super hard to, to, to make sure you get that information. It's time for the Expressway. We've got all your breaking news in the headline world. National Football League news with quarterbacks galore. We'll talk some college football as well. And then we got LA Live at 540. That's next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.